Welcome to Creative Income, a podcast that focuses on making a living in the creative space. Whether you're an actor, filmmaker, musician, painter, or anything that doesn't fit the nine to five mold, there is value for you here. I'm Lars Lindstrom. Let's get into it. Hey guys, Lars Lindstrom here. Welcome back to Creative Income. Uh, Happy to be here this week. Um, I'm on a fun project right now that I can't share a lot about, but uh, as soon as it's done and premieres May 2nd, then I can talk about it. Um, but it's, it's really cool. We've done, I think it'll be six days total, uh, two days out and about, and then four days on the stage. And it's one of those like infinite LED stages. So it's a super fun, super cool thing. Lots of high energy, lots of great talent. So I'll, I'll tell you all about it as soon as I can. Uh, what else is going on? Uh, it's maybe a little bit boomier, uh, sounding right now in your, uh, headphones or your car, wherever you're listening just because I have officially moved out of the master bedroom. I am now in an official office. If you follow along on Instagram uh, at Creative Income Podcast, you can uh, see the transformation. I think I had a before and after picture in my story. Maybe I'll just make a post before and after. Anyway, you don't care about that, right? You're not here because of my office and how excited I am to not be recording this now in my master bedroom anymore. Uh, so let's uh, let's move on from that. I did have one uh, question from Clay Mason, uh, a listener this week. Um, he asked if I could dive into the rabbit hole a little bit of uh, equipment rental, how I pick a consignment house, um, what sort of fee structure to expect, and how to strategize my gear and investments. And uh, just to kind of to answer some of those questions, Clay, um, I, when choosing a rental house, want to find a place that's big enough that my equipment goes out and makes money, but small enough that I have a good relationship with whoever's in charge of the equipment. Um, so like, for example, I had some lenses over at Kesslow and I'm sure Kesslow is a phenomenal rental house and they're massive in Los Angeles and elsewhere in the world. And they're really wonderful as a consigner with one set of lenses. They really don't care about me. And that's not bad on them. It's just the fact. They do not care about me. They are very slow to respond to my emails. So I took the lenses out, put them in a smaller house. I I am in a house um, right now called Boca. They're boutique-y. They're small, but they're like up and coming. They keep upgrading their space. Um, And I have a really great relationship with the owners. I can text them, call them, and and they're really great too. No matter how busy they are, respond. So um, fee structure, you're, you're lucky if you can get a 70, 30 split, 70 for you, 30 for them. Um, if you can, if you can get it, uh, the industry is kind of leaning more towards a 60, 40, sometimes even 50, 50 split. Um, I wouldn't personally do a 50, 50 split. I think that's a, a ripoff. Um, but, uh, yeah. And then you can negotiate things. Uh, what else? I, if you can, if you can get a good relationship with a good rental house, Ask them questions. Say, what don't you have? What do you need more of? Are you getting requests for such and such? And they'll be able to tell you, oh man, we just really need a set of black promise filters right now. Oh, we would just die for a set. They'd go out constantly. And then you say, great, I can spend $900 and get a set of black promise filters that make maybe $50 a day, but they're going out all the time. So that kind of, you can kind of weigh those pros and cons and figure out, um, you know, what works for you, what doesn't work for you. Anyway, thanks, Clay, for the question. If you guys have any other questions, uh, hit me up, and I'm, I'm happy to talk about them on the podcast or um, uh, social media, whatever you, whatever you need. So let's get into the episode. This is, um, this is actually one that I recorded 
like a, a long time ago, well, a year or two ago when I was kind of figuring out the podcast and before I launched officially. Uh, and I never released it. I just kind of held on to it um, just in case I had a gap in programming. So you guys uh, get Ben Klinger today. And he is a financial advisor. And I asked him a lot of specific questions about people in the creative space. And I think you're going to enjoy it. Here we go. Thank you so much for being here, Ben. Ben uh, Klinger, tell the audience a little bit who you are, what you do. Uh, I, we had lunch, and, and so I kind of know, but uh, yeah. some of these people don't. So. Yeah, yeah. So um, what I do, that's always a, the interesting question. There's so many different ways to answer it. <laughs> the easiest way uh, is um, I'm a financial coach for creative professionals. Uh, so my, my motto is plan for tomorrow, live for today. So, cool. you know, really, um, my background is in music and, um, I still have a music business. It's was my main business. Now it's a side, side business, a little um, side hustle, a little side hustle. Yeah. Uh, and so now the main hustle is, is, you know, financial planning in in kind of the, the full scope of financial planning. Um, and then my niche is to, to help creative professionals because that's my background. Uh, and I, you know, thought about, uh, how many of us weren't thinking five, 10, 20 years down the line. I know I wasn't for many years. <laughs> yeah, and, myself you know, included. Yeah, right. absolutely. So, um, and, you know, some things happened in my life to kind of wake me up to that and uh, was able to make a, a career transition. Some people, um, most people, I think, when they hear about what I used to do or what I, what I did, you know, for a long time with music um, and what I do now seems like two totally separate worlds. So it's... You know, people, the word they use is like pivot, like, oh, that's how are you able to pivot into that? Um, and so, you know, there's there's lots of answers to that, of course. But, um, you know, I, I just believe anybody can pivot into anything they want to do. The, the only thing that holds people back is their ideas about what people will think or their belief in themselves to be able to do it. If you have concerns and you think people won't get it or it's you know it's going to be weird and what will people think well then you're creating that outcome for yourself but if you feel like why not i got nothing to lose or i believe in this and i'm going to go for it and see what happens then then the possibilities are endless yeah i think for me starting out the i got nothing to lose model was kind of <laughs> it's like it's like for me because i started doing weddings actually uh when i first moved back to los angeles um for my undergrad so i i bought like a, a canon t2i it was that first dslr that did mm. 24 frames you know and yeah. I, I started shooting weddings on that for like 500 bucks a piece and then like that snowballed into it was like I took the cash and bought a different lens, took the cash, bought a different camera. And it was just like every time I made a purchase, that was that exact thing going through my head. What have I got to lose? Like, yeah, I'll make this tomorrow on a wedding. And then I'm, you know, cash positive from that point forward. Right. And but uh, but yeah, so so you actually started as a DJ. Yeah. So yeah. got uh, this. This reminds me of my early days in music. Um, yeah. A radio show. That's where it all started for me in, oh, nice. in college. I got a radio show. Um, down in uh, Irvine, KUCI was the the station. Shout yeah. out to KUCI. I got <laughs> love and respect for that. Kind of opened up the whole door for me with music and DJing. So um, I just always loved music. I loved sharing music, particularly loved sharing music that maybe people weren't aware of, bands that people didn't know. You know, turning people on to new new stuff. So um, that's what I just I loved making like mix 
tapes for people, like literally cassettes. That's when I started is uh, dating, <laughs> dating, dating yourself a little bit. <laughs> the cassettes, but now, of course now it's cool to have cassettes. Like they Super sell cool. them. Yeah. Super. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, would just make those for people's birthday, and um, you know, one of the the first bands that um, that I really got into that most people didn't know about at the time was 311 so this was in the late 90s <laughs> mid to late 90s yeah um you know i'm a southern california kid and and you know their mix of hip-hop and reggae and rock and like all that stuff was just awesome and cool and i uh, got to see them play at the roxy in front of a few hundred people and um and then i got a bunch of friends into them and so and then they started getting more and more popular so it's a it's a good feeling when you can put some you know someone onto something new that they didn't know before and for me it was it was music um now i do it with financial education and music (laughs) so let's let's pivot there Uh, i'm curious what so you you call yourself a financial advisor financial planner what's what's your uh, yeah i I like financial coach Coach. but uh you know i have the licenses to call myself a financial advisor as well so what's uh in case anybody's curious and i think i might be a little bit too but uh, what's the difference between a financial advisor and a financial planner so there is a certified financial planner cfp which is a certain designation that you need to get you take a test you pay you know fees to this board i think it's not even through any sort of government or state agency as far as i know for a cfp it's it's just like some company or whatever um but um so so that's a, a you know when you get that designation you're a certified financial planner um a financial advisor has a securities license, okay. generally. So that means you can um, advise people on investments in the in the stock market, in the mutual funds or whatever. And so a planner can't do that. A planner, I believe, can, um, but that's you know that's just in order to call yourself a financial advisor, you need to have those licenses. You can call yourself a financial professional and not have any of those licenses. You can have. Um, you know, maybe an insurance. I'll call myself a self-proclaimed financial <laughs> professional. Right. Or coach, right? Yeah. Coach is another term that a lot of mm. people are life coach and this mm-hmm. coach and that coach. And, um, you know, and so it just, it just depends. It's, it's, you know, if you want to work with someone who calls himself a, a coach and, you know, meet with them and talk to them, if they add value and they are knowledgeable in a certain area, then in my mind, it doesn't make a huge difference what kind of license they have. Um, but you know, obviously you would want them to have some sort of formal education or training to be able to, you know, do those things. And you specialize with people in the creative industry? Yeah. So my clients aren't exclusively, you know, creative professionals, but that's one area where I, I like to, you know, really help people. And with my background, you know, in, in that field and being an entrepreneur, um, you know, that's something that I think people want to to know somebody understands so one example is you know if you're in business for yourself your income varies greatly from month to month potentially absolutely right so so most people that automatically kind of for a lot of people makes them feel like well i don't know if i need to talk to or i can talk to a financial professional because um, I don't have consistent income. None of the rules apply. Right. That's like one of the problems I have reading like business or financial books or, you know, financial planning books is that it's like, it's all based off of the nine to five, right? A consistent income that's, here's your paycheck and it maybe goes up three or 5% every year. And it's that way for the rest of your life. If you're lucky. If you're lucky, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's, and that's, and it's completely not 
my case at all. And I think anybody listening or probably the majority of the people listening to the podcast, it's not the case. So, so yeah, what do you do differently for people in the creative space that maybe it's a little bit more feast and famine, feast or famine? Yeah. Uh, so we just look at, you know, maybe over the course of a year, you know, what, what does your income look like? Or we'll take an average, you know, but I think the main thing that people want to feel comfortable with, if they're thinking about, you know, saving for their future, um, given their fluctuating income is, is it flexible, right? Like if I start saving 500 a month, you know, am I tied to that number for the rest of my working career? Right. Mm. Or, you know, can I, can I lower it or, or not make a contribution for a certain period if I don't have to, or if I start making more money, can I increase it? You know? And so, um, and the answer is, is to all that is yes, there are options out there to, to do that where it's flexible. You can start with a certain amount that's comfortable and then change it over time. So I think that's, that's really just the number one thing that, you know, people want to understand, but also just from a, personal and psychological level, people just want to know that who they're working with to, to guide them through these things understands what their life is like, what their career is like, that their income does fluctuate. So um, and, and so having somebody like myself who has done that for many years, yeah, I, I get it. So it's it's just about having that kind of comfort with somebody that knows that, you know, that career path. And um, and so that's yeah that's pretty much how how it works and i i enjoy you know working with all types of people whether you have a consistent income or or not but you know what you were saying earlier about this you know 9 to 5 and you know there's so many things that in the last 20 years or even maybe 10 years have changed drastically about our society in general so uh, but a lot of industries are slow to to respond and adapt to that change, I think the financial industry is one. Yeah. And and so what I pride myself on is really changing the face of what financial services looks like. You know, it's um, wow. Can a can a guy that used to DJ, uh, you know, parties really? Can I trust him with this stuff? Um, Probably more so, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's so interesting because that's how, I mean, that's how I feel about it anyway. Right. Yeah. Because like I'm not the Wall Street guy. Right. I'm not. You know, I didn't grow up with money. I'm I'm an average. I didn't grow up poor, but I didn't grow up rich. And and so I'm just, you know, an ordinary person. And, uh, you know, I think it's the relatability that that makes a difference for people. And I I realized, you know, at first when I started to transition into this new you know career as a, you know, in financial, you know, financial professional, I thought of the two worlds, like the music stuff, and then this new endeavor, like completely separate, and they should never touch. And it's like, you know, I'll never even tell any of my clients no, that I ever yeah. did DJing. Right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly, because yeah. I was worried that they would not feel confident that I would be able to help them. Like, so, and there's even a, a commercial that was running recently where they they used an ex example of, you know, they were trying to say like, oh can you really trust your financial advisor, blah, blah, blah. And it shows some guy that was like advising some family. And then it, it like cut to him, like DJing some party at no night. Way. Yeah. I swear <laughs> to God, I saw that and I was like, wait a second. <laughs> it's it's like, yeah, I just heard about this guy. He's like, I got this idea for commercial. Right. Yeah, exactly. I need some, uh, some royalties on that. Wow, but man. so, That's so that funny. was, that was my concern. But what happened was once I, you know, got through, uh, training and I, you know, got my licenses and and I felt confident in my ability to help people with with their finances, right? With planning, then 
everything opened up and I was like, you know what, if people have concerns about my background as a, as a music professional or a DJ, then you don't have to work with me. And that's totally fine. <laughs> you know, it's okay. Yeah. And so when I embraced my background as, as a DJ, like I noticed people opened up way more. They wanted to do business with me. They, they related to me. You became a human being. <laughs> I became a human being, you know, and it's yeah. so interesting in, in the con just to, the concept of money, the topic of money is, really touchy for a lot of people like mm -hmm. it's not something that most of us grew up openly talking about in our family or um in school right like how many of us have had a personal finance class oh man in school that's like my number one plight in life is to get high schools to start talking about this kind of stuff yeah because it's like i mean you need a degree in in taxes to open up a, or it's like a degree, like a bachelor's degree in business to understand how to open a business. You know, it's like, it's yeah. insane the amount yeah. of information that's out there that nobody knows until they have to go through it. And it's like, my experience has been learned the hard way on just about everything. You right. know what I mean? Right. It's like anytime I, I try to open a business or, or an LLC or something, I get like this bill in the mail from the government. that's like, oh, by the way, you owe us like this fee for such and such. And it's like learning the hard way, yeah. different things. Yeah. So yeah, it'd be great if schools could start teaching these things a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, I mean, obviously we could have a whole separate episode on why <laughs> things are this way, yeah. but it's just interesting that, you know, whether you like it or not, society runs on money. And mm -hmm. uh, why not understand it? Right? I agree. Why not understand it a little bit better? So for me, I spent a lot of my life, you know, when someone said financial services or investing, like I didn't want to hear anything. I would run the other direction. My perception of it was, you know, greed and corruption and, you know, the stuff that, you know, you would hear about after the, the crash in 2008. And like, mm -hmm. and there is greed and corruption out there in any industry. So it happens. But I think for me, it was just, if I'm being honest, it was, it was a fear of, of the unknown. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, there was no education around that. I went to a great college, but there was no, they didn't teach me what compound interest was or good debt versus bad debt and, you know, different things like that. So once we just can open up the discussion and that's what I love about what you're doing with this podcast is let's talk about it. Yeah. Let's just talk about it. Like there's, you know, it doesn't need to be this, you know, uh, quiet shameful thing and it's like how did that guy get so wealthy well he's you know i've got and i have clients that have like a, a rich uncle right mm. um a rich aunt rich rich uncle and they don't really know how they did it <laughs> <laughs> i mean he's own i think he does real estate he i think he invests yeah. i'm not really you know and it's yeah. just like yeah let's let's just talk about it and, i mean i know. i have kids like like uh, i won't call them kids that's rude but like i you know people that work with me in my industry you know people on my crew that uh, you know they see a rich person and they immediately go capitalist mm. you know and it's like this like almost negative thing and yeah i, I think that's dangerous that's a dangerous place to be and 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 it's you know the the, the love of money is one thing uh but i think the understanding of what it can do uh, is a completely different thing. So it's, yeah. you know, I, I, um, I'm curious, I want to backtrack just a little bit. You had mentioned uh, the financial industry changing over the last decade or two. Um, I think even more recently, we've got a lot more tools. You know, you've got mobile apps now that uh, have completely opened up a different world of financial planning for some of these people that maybe were afraid to go talk to a planner or advisor. I'm curious, are you using those tools uh, with your clients, I'm talking about apps like Acorns or uh, what's the Mint One Betterment, yeah. or um, 
uh, Robinhood, and yeah. these different apps that make yeah. be, being able to get into the stock market uh, a little cheaper, more affordable. Are you using right. those tools? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, I mean, that can be a part of uh, someone's quote unquote portfolio, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I think it's I think it's good. In the best thing about those things is it's getting people to start to participate in their own, uh, you know, financial planning, basically, and their own investing, starting to open the door about, you know, about what's what's out there to, to grow my money or to plan for the future. So I think it's great, because there is that concern. And I think the reason that they're gaining so much traction, especially with, you know, younger, younger people, and I guess when I say younger, I don't know, maybe under 40 or something, just mm-hmm. roughly is, um, is this idea that to meet with a a financial advisor, first of all, you have to have a lot of money already. Mm -hmm. um, And that they're not going to relate to me, they're not going to understand me, and I'm not going to trust them. That's probably number number one. So here's an app where I don't have to talk to anybody. And I can start to to take advantage of some of these things. So I think it's great. But I also don't think it should replace working with a, a financial professional. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously there's, you know, questions. Everyone's situation is different. So, the, you know, the way that I work and my team, I have a, a team of people too. So I'm, I'm building a, a financial agency basically because it's, it's really growing. The, you know, the need is out there. And, um, and guess what? You don't need a minimum net worth to work with us. Oh, I don't need $250,000 to be an accredited investor with you. <laughs> exactly. That's, okay. Well, amazing. Incredible. Exactly. Thank you so much. New man. concept, right? I really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. How about the 99% the rest of us that, you know, that right. don't have that? So yeah. that's kind of where, where the real opportunity is here and is, you know, traditionally that's how things had been done it's it's the people that have the money that get the calls from the the bigger companies the traditional hey come on in let's talk about what we can do with that you know several hundred thousand you have sitting in the in the bank or whatever um and everybody else it's like you know good luck go fend for yourself and you know mm-hmm. so you know our whole philosophy is bring the education to everybody all income levels all different communities um and that's that's really what fascinates me because you know i I saw my family, I don't think we ever worked with a financial professional. Um, right. I never saw my parents do that. I don't and, think mine did either. You know, and uh, and then when, and then, you know, and then a divorce happens and my parents got divorced when I was pretty young and we were, we were pretty comfortable financially up until that point. And then I'm seven years old and my parents divorced. Things changed very quickly. Sure. <laughs> financially, right? Mm-hmm. Um, along with everything else. And so, and then... Um, and that was really what happened was from that point on, it was, you know, I just saw everything was tight. Money was tight, coupons, discounts, sale. Um, you can't buy lunch at school every day like your friends, you know. Uh, we got to pack your lunch sometimes. And so, but then there was no, yeah, it just wasn't an open discussion. I just knew that like, okay, you know, we got to be, um, uh, I guess, for lack of a better term, tight with our money. We just have to be smart, spend smart mm-hmm. and not overspend and things like that. So, um it's a it's a shame, and so I I want everybody to have access to the financial education. Agreed. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. One of my biggest, actually, one of the probably the main reason for launching this podcast was uh, being on a film sets. I'm a cinematographer, and uh, all of my crew, not a single one of them, had any kind of plan for 
the future of their retirement or financial education or savings even for that matter. And yeah. it's, sometimes it's hard, you know, you're starting out and the rates aren't very good and it's just, it's, you know, you're kind of living paycheck to paycheck. But, uh, but I think even, even then there are tools and things you can do to, to start planning at least and yeah. saving even something. My, what I tell all my crew is to start doing daily contributions in some of these apps at yeah. first, yeah. right? Just uh, even if it's $4 a day or $5 a day, just just put it in Acorns, have it happen automatically, and maybe forego a cup of coffee on your way to work. Right, and that offsets that cost, right? Yeah. And then from there, you can start saying, okay, well, I'm making more money now. My rates are a little bit better, and you can then maybe uh, uh, at that point approach a financial planner like yourself, mm-hmm. um, or a financial advisor, or financial professional. Sure. Um, what uh, would you mind if we if we tried like a little like practice thing let's say it's like a musician comes to you uh who makes twelve thousand dollars a year from stock uh, music sites twelve thousand dollars a year from playing in a band and maybe another twelve thousand dollars a year from recording sessions uh and it's feast or famine right so he's not making uh three thousand dollars a month he's making maybe six thousand dollars one month and maybe two thousand dollars another month Mm -hmm. um so he comes to you with a portfolio of thirty six thousand dollars not a lot especially in los angeles Mm -hmm. um what sorts of tools or advice would you have for for someone in that situation or scenario uh so the number one thing would be me asking him or her what's important to you right Mm -hmm. what are your your goals right now is it you know having short-term savings emergency fund is it paying off debt what does your debt situation look like um is it you know how old are you right how old is this person um do you have kids are you married um do you have any retirement plan old 401ks so it's really you know what's important to you what are you looking for right now right and and maybe they don't know so i'll guide them through that process by asking them things like you know i guess number one would be how old are you are you married do you have kids or dependents it could be maybe they're supporting aging parents there's another one and when you were talking earlier about um about you know, learning by mistake, right? What have I got to lose when you're starting a business or doing a project? And it's like, okay, what have I got to lose? So learning by mistake is um, is an important thing for an entrepreneur or, you know, someone in business for themselves to be able to do that. But it's much better to be able to learn from someone else's mistakes, <laughs> right? <laughs> so my uncle, you know, told me that one and it's, it's yeah. so true, right? Like, yeah. you don't always have to be the one to make the mistake. Let's just look around you, talk to people, right? Have a mentor. There's a there's a clue. There's a tip. <laughs> I, yeah, I love <laughs> that. Tip. Any entrepreneur, have a, get a mentor. You know, I never knew I needed a mentor until I got into this business. My music business never really grew. It was just kind of stagnant, and and it was okay to support myself. But you know, I had to figure something else out to be able to buy a home or provide for a family and. Um, you know, just different things like that, that no one ever, you know, told me, you know, because I was just doing my own thing. So, um, so I think that one of the reasons why a lot of people in our generation are more open to getting some help with their finances is one of two reasons. They saw the good things that their parents did, or they saw the mistakes that their parents Mm -hmm. made. Mm -hmm. And now they're getting, you know, close to retirement or in retirement and, Maybe they didn't save enough or they don't have enough. They're worried about running out of money. And so wake up call, right? And so that's 
that's really what got me into this. So, me too. Yeah. Me too. Okay. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, I, I worry for my parents because I, you know, I start looking, it's like when you're a kid, you think that they're rich, you know, and, you know, it's like, wow, like, yeah. House is worth, you know, $700,000. And that's true. It's cool. You know, they've got the house now in California that's worth a lot of money, but mm. you cannot count your house as an asset for retirement. You got to right. live somewhere, you know? That's and it's right. just like if, if your plan is to sell your house and move to Montana, then <laughs> that's that's not a great retirement option. Right. Right. You know, and how long to, is that going to last? Right? right. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. So I think looking at uh, their net worth and, and, and kind of doing the numbers and, and figuring out that maybe that, you know, it's, it wasn't as good a plan as they thought kind of got me into, into the whole motto of being a little bit more aggressive for the future. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think uh, a very important thing, there's a book called start with why, and I think it's very important to start with, you know, why, why does someone do something? Why did I transition into this career? Um, why, why do I care about financial planning? Right? Like if you're just an average person, right? Not me personally, but like a question you might ask, like, why do I need a lot of money? You know, cause there was a time in my life where I was like, you know what, I guess, I guess this is it. I'm going to make, you know, very modest income, just enough to get by. And, um, I'll, I'll, I can be happy with that. I can be satisfied with that. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think what that was, was just, me um it's a cop-out it's a cop-out for not working harder for not taking risks for not really going for it you know yeah. and and um but for so number one reason that i care about my financial future and others is freedom to me that's what money means it's freedom right it's freedom to do what you want when you want with whom you want you know so mm -hmm. and yeah. whatever that means to to you it may be different from me but what's important to you that's why you know when you pose that question i'm going to ask well what are your goals what's important to you so because i want to find a way to, to help you reach your goals not my you know my idea of what your goal should be no it's you right so but i think at the end of the day it just comes down to having some financial security and the freedom to have a little bit less stress in your life because there's plenty of sources of that right sure. so let's let's not have the money be that much of a stress and and hopefully one day not a stress at all um, so that you can open up and I when I think about creative professionals in particular you know I'm a huge believer in the in the power of art um, to heal to make people happy, like the world needs it and needs a lot of it right now. So mm -hmm. what I want to be able to do is give somebody, an artist or anybody, right, but just as that example, an artist, some kind of peace of mind, a little less stress on the money and worry, you know, not that voice in the back of your head like, should I be doing this or maybe I should be planning or whatever. Let's let's get that done so that now you have the mental space to focus on what you love, what your passion is and what you can bring to the world. I think everybody has a gift that they can bring to the world that the world needs, but most people never really get to see that to fruition because they're living check to check. They're living under stress. There's, it's just the money. Oh, I, I need to make money. I can't do that. I need money. Mm -hmm. Or I can't, you know, for me DJing, right? It was like, I can't spin all this obscure music that nobody knows because, you know, I'm not going to get high paying gigs, right? Like the, these people at this wedding are going to not refer me to anybody yeah. if I'm playing stuff that they don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and in that case, that actually might be true. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, 
Um, so that's really what it is for, for me. That's what it comes it's down to is the freedom. You know? I agree. Yeah. yeah. There's this, I think general misconception that money is evil because people don't understand it and they're afraid of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but I think you're absolutely right. Um, that it, it really does. If you, if you know what you're doing, if you have a, a decent amount of education, it becomes a, a piece of freedom. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's nice. I like, and I like that. The, and the mindset, like you, you really touched on it earlier too, with the mindset. Like when you were giving the example of uh, some of the people you work with, uh, when they see somebody who's rich, like, and they'll say, capitalist. A capitalist, you know. Yeah. So that right there, right? That's where does that come from? Fear, right? Yeah. And and where did that fear come from? Was it you know in the household growing up? Was it from from society, from pop culture? Um, and so, you know, I, I do a, a workshop with one of my clients actually, and this is the great thing about what I do is like, yeah, I, I know some things in, in my areas of expertise, but I don't know everything. And the clients I work with can contribute a lot. So this is, um, you know, a gentleman I work with, uh, he has, um, a, I, I don't know what it's not, it's a kind of a business, but it's called the burnt Sienna society. And we are launching, um, some workshops for creative professionals to to be able to get a handle on their money mindset and habits and then you know look at the past patterns and behaviors and then look at you know future ones and uh, kind of shifting the the mindset and so that's really where we start with is you know what was the topic of money growing up right you know rich people are evil or bad was that something that was there or an example i give in, in some of the presentations i give from pop culture is the song Mo Money Mo Problems, right? <laughs> so if you do a post edit and throw in that, you could put in a little sample of that song yeah, or sure whatever. But yeah. um, I don't think we have those licenses. Okay, right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so make sure you get all that clear. Yeah. But um, so I remember hearing that song, literally thinking to myself, really? So because it was it was shocking to me. I thought if if people had a lot of money that um, it could alleviate a lot of problems. And this guy is telling me, uh, you know, Mace and Puff Daddy and I think Biggie's on that track or something. They're telling me that, no, it's going to create more problems. And I remember thinking, then I probably don't want a lot of money because I don't want a lot of problems. <laughs> Great advice from uh, Puff Daddy and, right. and Biggie. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. um, so just little advice. things like that where it's subconscious sometimes. You don't even know. So I think a lot of people are like, man, I would love to have a lot of money. I'd love to win the lotto and all this stuff. But they never seem to to get there. Or when they do start to make a lot of money, somehow it goes away. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go deep inside. What's the mindset? What are your beliefs about wealthy people? Is there going to be some guilt there if you have a lot of money? Like maybe you come from a community or a family where a lot of people are struggling financially. And if you're the one that starts to break out of that and make some money, is there going to be some guilt there? That's real for a lot of people. And then is that going to lead to self-sabotage of your financial situation, yeah. right? Um, or the opposite. Maybe you came from a, a wealthy family that, you know, contributed, created a nonprofit, gave back to the community, like all of these things. Um, you hear about Warren Buffett, you know, donating 38 or something, $36 billion, billion dollars yeah. with a B. He still eats breakfast at McDonald's every morning. Like, yeah. now isn't his plan to give away ninety nine percent of his net worth I, when I, he passes I away? So I believe so. Yeah. So things like that. So what about that, right? What about right. all the good you can mm-hmm. do with money? Um, and so that's that's what I like to give people a perspective on: is money is just a tool, and it you know I feel like it can make good people better and bad people worse. Mm-hmm. So if you're a good person, 
then you could think of all the good things you could do with a lot of money, like not just for yourself, not just for your family, but for your community, for a cause you believe in, you know? There's a lot of bad people with a lot of money out there. There's a lot of bad people with no money. And there's a lot of bad people with no money, right? So it's just a tool, you know? So yeah. um and uh and so that's that's kind of the the perspective I have on it is, you know, you gotta sometimes start with with that that mindset that you have or maybe some underlying beliefs and um and come to terms with it and and understand you know my belief is it's it's okay to be wealthy it's okay to be rich um and uh as long as you're a, a good person you can you can do lots of good things with with a lot of financial freedom so uh, that's a good starting point mindset and where where can people find you um just out on the streets just kidding <laughs> oh, I'm homeless. <laughs> i live oh, very humble I, I, uh, i'm very uh, poor i'm a very poor person <laughs> no um so i guess uh i the social media i use most often is instagram so okay. it's uh, ben.n for nathaniel dot clinger so ben.n.k-l-i-n-g-e-r um, and I have a, a website, benklinger.vertuity.com. Great. That's a V-I-R-T-U-I-T-Y. So Virtuity is the company that I'm affiliated with that provides the training, um, you know, gave me the mentors and all of that stuff. So we all work together, but I'm, you know, I'm independent. Um, and, uh, when I said, Hey, I want to bring this to the creative community. No one could tell me yes or no. It was like, okay. Let me know how we can help. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank man. you. I really appreciate yeah. that you coming here and taking your time. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to say or did we miss anything? Um, I think that's good. I think it's good. I mean, um, if you're, you know, wondering if, if now's a time for you to get some info or uh, I, I would say the time is always now, right? There can be, sure, you might be in a better position in the future, but it never is too soon to just start getting educated on it, um, no matter where you're at. Like, even if you have like a tremendous amount of debt, you know, we have solutions, you know, for that as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'd say, you know, just start with where you're at and just start to get some information. And um, you're not fee based, right? Correct. Yeah. So someone can just give you a call and say, hey, I'd love to set up a meeting. You meet. Yeah. Here's my situation. Uh, what can we do? And you can get started from there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's, you know, when we, you know, this company started many years ago with the idea of bringing the top-notch financial information to, you know, that was historically only going to wealthy people, to everybody. So we knew we couldn't charge, you know, upfront fees. Most people would not even be able to afford it or want to do that. So, so yeah, we can just um, talk, sit down. I'm happy to meet for an hour. And if you, after that, decide you don't want to work with me or now's not the time for you, I'm okay with that. Um, just not a 311 fan, man. <laughs> just not, you know, I just, okay I just don't too. think it's going to work out. I've grown, you know, I've grown <laughs> since then. I've got, you know, lots of love and respect for them. But uh, yeah, exactly. So, um, but yeah, I, and I can give my phone number too. I'm not really too oh, worried sure. about uh, getting unsolicited phone calls and all that hey, stuff. Well, so. It's just you and me listening, man. So go ahead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so 323-420-8945. You can, you know, give me a call, give me a text and... Just ask me uh, anything you want. Most people are probably going to ask me, like, who's my favorite MC or mm -hmm. what kind of music I played? Because I, I gave a presentation recently, just a quick, it wasn't even really a presentation. It was just a quick little five, ten minute talk at a, a staff meeting at a company and um, talked to just a little bit about my background and then what I do now. 
any questions I asked at the end and it was like, yeah, what kind of music did you spin? And you know, who are your top five MCs? And so Just totally over, right over their head. <laughs> and, but you oh, know what? Guy, what did that guy do again? I can't remember. I think he was a DJ. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But when I started to, to talk about what, you know, some of the people I was into musically and stuff, people were like, oh yeah, cool. This guy's legit. Yeah, I'll meet with you. Yeah. So cool. it's like, yeah, we can talk about music or money or, or whatever. So <laughs> yeah, but thank you so much for having me. Of course. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. Uh, again, if you have any questions, go ahead and uh, send me a quick message on Instagram at uh, Creative Income Podcast or Lars Lindstrom, whichever you follow, and uh, I will try and get them in the podcast next week. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.